Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I hope that everyone is having a good week so far. I am currently staying with a dear friend of mine here in San Diego while I look for a place. And it's been really nice getting to spend time with her. She's a friend who I met through the world of lacrosse, which is a very small world. It's like two degrees of separation. Um, We've been friends a long time, and she very generously offered up her place for me. Um, So super grateful for her and her family, too. Her daughter is absolutely adorable. Took her to a school daycare this morning. She is the sweetest, and her dog is also the biggest sweetheart. Her and Baxter, my dog, are already best buds. Um, Oh, my God. So something (laughs) really crazy happened that has nothing to do with today's topic, but I've never seen anything like this before, and I have to share it with you guys. So a few days ago, her husband uh, was working in the garage, and he noticed that there was this prey mantis or praying mantis, I think you can call it either one, um, noticed this prey mantis just sitting on the ledge of his little shelf. And we were like, oh my God. So we were like, is it a male? Is it a female? We start to Google it. We think it's a female. So she's just chilling. She hangs out for like a few days. Uh, He puts a little water bowl out there. Uh, She ends up posting up on the water bowl, hanging out in his workshop. Uh, And then a few days later, he finds what we think is a male prey mantis in the backyard. So we're like, oh, maybe they could be friends. Maybe they'll mate. Like, who knows? So he takes the male to the garage and puts him next to the female, hoping for the best. And (laughs) any of you who know about prey mantises, you probably know where the story is going, but... (laughs) Those of you who don't, prepare to be mortified. <laughs> so we named the the female Mantis Toboggans, by the way. So he goes and checks on Mantis Toboggans and her new mate. Uh, I think it was just like a few hours later. It was the same day, I'm pretty sure. And <sighs> the female Prey Mantis has eaten the head off of the male prey mantis. <laughs> she is just chomping down on this thing like it's an apple. Like she is just taking bites out of an apple. So casual. And we were like, oh my God, <laughs> what did we do? <laughs> we sent this guy to his death. <laughs> so then, of course, we look it up and evidently, the female prey mantis does bite the head off of and kill the male prey mantis after they mate. <laughs> I think I had heard that somewhere before, but I may have repressed it. But y'all, we saw evolution in real time, and it was wild. <laughs> also, the next day, go out there. The male is totally gone. She has devoured the entire thing, and she looks the same. <laughs> I mean, not to make light of this, but it was kind of like, girl, where do you put it? Like, (laughs) like it didn't look like she had eaten anything. I was expecting it to look like kind of like a snake. You know, they'll eat a a rabbit or whatever, and they'll just be like a huge mound that you can visibly see. 
Uh, nothing like that. She looked the same. So I don't know if they have the fastest metabolism of all time. Uh, but wow, nature. Wow. <laughs> okay. Now we can move on to the real topic. <laughs> Hope that was entertaining and that I've sufficiently freaked you out. So now we can talk about our topic of the week our curiosity of the week. So this week, we're getting curious about what motivates us. And we're talking about this in terms of two broad camps of thought used to describe the factors that influence our behavior, particularly in the context of motivation. So there's intrinsic motivation and extrinsic motivation. And these really just help explain why we do what we do, what drives our actions, Uh, First, I want to put a disclaimer on this, though, because it's really important to call out that our motivation, whether intrinsic or extrinsic, is going to waver at different points in our lives. Day to day, even, it will waver. We cannot wake up every single day and do every single thing exactly as we intend based on our goals. That is just not realistic. Uh, personal example, I tend to eat super healthy during the day, but then when the sun goes down, I turn into a beast, a bottomless pit of a human. I have like zero portion control and I very rarely choose healthy options after the hour of like 8 PM. This is why I have worked with a nutritionist on and off for several years to help me kind of be objective and understand my habits, recognize my tendencies when my resolve is the weakest and proactively plan for that. And some days I do really well and other days I door dash enough food to feed a small village. It's a crapshoot, you know? (laughs) But pretty much all the research I've ever seen says that consistent commitment through habit building is the foundation that meaningful change is built upon. This is what sustains us when motivation inevitably tapers off, right? Okay, so now having said that, disclaimer out of the way, let's talk about these two kinds of motivation. So we'll start with intrinsic. So this is when our behavior is driven by internal factors, personal desires, sense of deep satisfaction. This is when we engage in something because we find it inherently rewarding or enjoyable. So intrinsic factors can be things like curiosity. That is our basic fuel. Passion, you want to do what you care about. Uh, Purpose, you want to do work that matters in the world, that is a contribution. Autonomy, you want to feel a sense of control over what you're working on. And mastery, you want to do work that you are improving along the way. Intrinsic motivators drive the long-term goals, what aids our sustained focus and effort towards what we care about in the long term. And then there's extrinsic motivation, and that involves more of the external factors or rewards that drive our behavior. We engage in activities not because the activities themselves are inherently enjoyable, but because we expect some sort of external benefit or outcome or validation. So extrinsic motivators can be things like financial rewards, paychecks, bonuses, incentives, whatever. Recognition is another one. So that could be public praise, that could be awards, that could be any types of acknowledgement like that. 
uh, grades, evaluations. Uh, that's just, you know, getting good grades in school always feels good. Getting an A on a paper or a test. Um, you know, doing at a, say you're at a company and you're doing your annual review and your boss has really good things to say about you. That feels good. Uh, social approval is another one, just seeking acceptance or approval from others, especially from people who, you know, we really care about what they think, uh, people closest to us, people that we work with, et cetera. Job promotion. So striving for career advancement, that kind of goes a little bit hand in hand with like recognition and a little bit of financial. Um, and then avoiding punishment is another one. So just doing something to avoid negative consequences, uh, loss aversion, you know, that loss aversion bias. Uh, so extrinsic motivators can also be effective, but they tend not to be the driving force behind more significant long-term change. Um, when I was thinking about extrinsic, my mind went straight to that. <laughs> Do you guys remember that old Khloe Kardashian show, Revenge Body? <laughs> Like after a breakup, we want to show our ex-partner exactly how desirable we are and what they're missing out on. And that type of extrinsic motivation definitely might get us, you know, the body we want or whatever. But once we get there, it probably won't sustain us in the long term. Uh, what's great is if that motivation external motivation fueled a healthy habit that you then want to sustain because of the intrinsic rewards, feeling healthier, feeling strong, empowered, proof of your ability to do hard things, to overcome obstacles. But if we're really being honest with ourselves, it's very rare that changing our body will lead to a you know, amended relationship or bond with an ex-partner. Uh, typically, it, it runs much deeper than that, whatever caused the separation. Um, you know, they might want to hook up with you again. Could happen. But whatever problems you were having before, they'll still be there. They did not disappear with the inches around your waist. And if I'm being brutally honest and vulnerable, frankly... I have had partners who were unfaithful when I was in terrific shape and when I was significantly heavier. <laughs> so in the long run, the motivation really needs to come from your desire for personal growth development and your overall health and well-being, not to, you know, show them. Although that can be a cherry on the cake. Uh, I think another big extrinsic motivator is the financial one. I know there are so many of us who have stayed in jobs that made us absolutely miserable because we needed the paycheck, we needed the health benefits, we wanted that retirement fund, that 401k, we wanted the stock options. In other words, we wanted the security. Even when you know that your job isn't isn't fulfilling, that it isn't something that aligns with your purpose and might even be to the point of like painful to do day in, day out. <laughs> it's hard to let that go because financial security is such a huge factor in our decision-making most of the time, especially if you have people who are dependent on you, dependent on your income, whether that's you know a partner, a spouse, children, fur children, other family members. In those situations, you tell yourself that staying in that job is the responsible thing to do, right? The jumping ship to pursue your passion would be selfish and irresponsible. And, and I understand, I know it can be a privilege 
to pursue your passion when it isn't to the point of being monetarily successful yet. And you don't know how long that's going to take. I understand that's a privilege to give up that security. But I think that that's when it's super important to find our intrinsic motivators. Is there a way we can stretch and grow within that job? Maybe transition to a different role within the same company that aligns more with our interests or our passions. Or maybe there's a way to carve out one hour each week to explore that thing that you've been wanting to do, but you've put a pen in for so long. You know, that could be listening to a podcast about it while you're on a walk or folding laundry or doing dishes or grabbing a few books from the public library about it or on Amazon. Yes, I totally went to a public library yesterday, guys. Uh, (laughs) I got the Bhagavad Gita, by the way. Very excited to start reading that. Uh, Or you could reach out to somebody who knows more than you about that thing and set up a coffee date with them. You could take an online course that you can do on your own time. These are just small ways to tap into the things that light us up and make our nine to five more tolerable until it makes sense for us to potentially burn the boats and go all in on that thing. So in that example, you don't have to choose, right? You've got the extrinsic motivation of a steady paycheck and healthcare, et cetera. And you have the intrinsic motivation of following your inherent curiosities and passions. These things do not have to be mutually exclusive, and usually they aren't. Usually they're going to coexist because, frankly, life is just an ongoing balance of the must-dos and the want-to-dos. And the more that we tell ourselves we have to neglect the want-to-dos in order to attend to the must-dos, the more we're denying our own unique contribution to this world, the more we're silencing our intuition that's telling us, hey, that's great of you to take care of those things, to create that kind of stability in your life, to provide for those people. But this thing over here, it's been waiting for you for a long time. It's been sitting on this shelf, collecting dust while you handle all your must-dos year after year after year. And I think one of the deepest regrets we can have in life is to ignore our intuition, to never act on what we know, what we feel is our purpose, to talk ourselves out of the things that would bring about our most profound growth in the name of being realistic or responsible. And to me, that is the definition of an unfulfilled life. So I hope this was helpful. I know a lot of you already know about internal, external motivating factors, but the main takeaway here is they can coexist. They often do. And both can be effective, but in the long run, we really want to focus on the intrinsic motivation, the things that come from within us, the things that we know align with our values, you know, our moral ethical compass pointing due north. You know, we want to stay aligned with our intuition, with our purpose. Um, we want to follow our curiosities. Um, and As much as those external factors can serve as more short-term motivation and you can see results from them, absolutely, uh, we don't want to be solely reliant on that as our fuel.
right? Anyways, thank you so much for listening. I really hope this was helpful. If it was, do me a favor, share it, share it on your social, share with a friend, send them the link. Let's spread the word because I know a lot of people are struggling with motivation right now. You know, we're towards the end of summer, coming into this new season of fall. These transitional timeframes and times of year um, can be times of wavering motivation. So again, I think it's the awareness around how we feel day to day and being really clear about our intrinsic motivations, who we are. Are we doing the things that align with the person that we see as our best self? Again, thank you so much for listening. And until next week, stay curious.